This is The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tire Power. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Follow us on Twitter at Rabbit Hole SEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Rabbit Hole. Uh, we brought you by Tire Power. Get four for three on selected Kumo Tire, your trusted tire experts. That's Tire Power. This is episode number 27. You'll find us on Twitter or X at Rabbit Hole SEN. Now, last week's Rabbit Hole was. Uh, I had a complaint that I was too, in someone's um, micro radio, I was too low. So, Coxie, make sure my microphone's right up, please. Oh, he's just turned it up. Thank you. Bang in my ear. Well, I'm not sure why. And the other other complaint I got, we went through the Cobram under 18 team last year, uh, last week, Tim. We forgot one player. Oh, no. Who'd we forget? Not happy either. Who? Yabby. Oh, no. Yabby McAuliffe. Good morning, Yabby. Or good afternoon, Yabby. Or good night, Yabby. <laughs> he wasn't happy, I tell you. He was a pivotal player, too. One of the leaders. And I think you talked over Yabby. That was the problem. I think you put him in the net. No. I went Yabbying during the week with Cooker. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I wasn't even going to talk about that. But he, he's got a dam up at his property at Wood End. Mm-hmm. Who's Cooker? Cooker. Alec Eppers, who used to play for Essen many years ago, a good old mate of mine. And um, I was up there the other day, and he said, oh, look, can you give me a hand um, getting the nets out of my dam? Because I've had them in there. And, uh, put How them long in have you had them in there? Had them in from the day before. It's his dam. So he had them in from the day before, and he put some dirty old meat in them which wouldn't have been dirty old meat. It would have been the meat straight out of his fridge. And that was the roast lamb he was going to cook for. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but he had a couple of beauties. How big? Oh, they weren't as big as the beer bottle size that we used to get when we were back in the day. But they were nice big. Another dirty dark colour too. So they must have been buried deep Did into the boil them up? No, I had to leave. Um, he likes to just uh, He likes to do that and just have them as a nice little entree. Yes. Yeah. A little bit of vinegar. Lovely. Pan, yeah. Pants used to whack them in a bit of vinegar. Away you go. Salt? Well, you would have, for sure. Yeah. We used to have the old copper. We used to boil them. We used to have the wheat bags. I mean, we'd put them all into the wheat bag, take them back to Grandpa's place at uh, at Whale, and then he'd have the big copper boiling of water, and we'd go, in you go, and then out they would come, and then we'd all stand around a table um, peeling. peeling them. That was a hell of a job, peeling. Hell of a job. And what did you eat them with? Um, vinegar and salt, but then anything that was left over, and generally there were a lot left over because, you know, we'd go on a big, big hunt and we'd have a cu- at least one um, <laughs> wheat bag full. And uh, Grandma used to make a very, very nice yabby pikelet. <laughs> a what? A yabby pikelet. What's in a yabby like a, pikelet? Like a yabby pancake. How do you do that? Well, you you, you get the batter, yeah. and you put the you put the yabby in the batter mix. Oh, you put in the yabby. Oh, yeah. And so it's like making a pancake with yabbies in it. But she would give them a bit of a curry at the same time. A so curry that, yabby pikelet. <laughs> Jeez, that's a fair setup. A curried yabby pikelet. Yes. Nice. Delicious. Do you have a little dipping sauce. No, no, there was no dipping sauces. Um, okay. That was magnificent. We used to catch them with string. Yeah, that's how we did too. And meat. Yeah, yep, yep. We go, uh, we go shooting, spotlighting the night before. They shoot yabbies. No, we go spotlighting the night before. Oh, have a listen. And have a listen. And, and um, my dad, he'd shoot a couple of bunnies. Right. And then uh, would um, you know they'd uh, skin them, skin them, and chop them up, and then we'd have like bits of bunny on the end of the string, mm-hmm. and then we'd just have a stick that we'd find in the paddock, yeah. and we'd tie it to the stick, and then you used to have to sort of walk out with a net. 
and then catch them underneath at the end. So they would just hang on to the meat and you could feel them, Coxie. Coxie's never been abbing in his life. And you could feel them as you were actually just, the string was just going gently through your hand because you didn't want to jolt it because they'd jump off the meat at the end. But you had to lure them out of the hole. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? You have got a completely different yabbing technique to the one that we use very successfully, if you don't mind me saying. You go to the channel and you can see the yabby hole, right? No, Gary. Haven't finished yet. (laughs) Then, like it's a hole, then you dangle the meat at the opening of the hole and you'll see a claw come out mm. and have a crack at the meat and whip onto the meat and then you delicately had to pull the yabby out of the hole and then whoosh, the net underneath. If you it was, don't mind, it was labour intensive. If you don't mind me saying, it sounds a bit labour intensive <laughs> when you're only getting one yabby at a time well, like that. Well, wait, I wasn't listening. I would. I wasn't well, listening. Okay, to you. so you'd have. I promise you, I wasn't listening. What did have, you do? You'd have a stick, yeah. and then you'd have like uh, just twine that was then attached to the stick that would go out, and you put the meat on the end of that what as do well. You mean so you'd, you'd have t- twine attached to the stick. Well, you'd go out, so you'd then throw the stick out, yeah, like fishing. You, no, yeah, well, sort of like fishing, and then you'd walk Stupid. into- Stupid. How do you know there was a yabby there? Oh, then you'd walk into the dam, right? You'd walk into it. You'd walk into the oh, dam. No. and I'll tell you what will happen then. Well, sometimes Le- it did. Leech. No, sometimes- A leech on the old- <laughs> Well, sometimes there was a yabby on the old- <laughs> <laughs> What, you went yabby and got one on the nourish, you reckon? I don't believe that, Tim. Oh, more than one. I don't believe that. <laughs> You're a little pecker. More than one. And so the, the meat was tied to the end of the string. I rope. know that. I've already said that. Okay. So then you would just, as you're walking out, you'd grab hold of the rope. Well, not grab hold of it, but you'd just, it would just slide on the top of your hand and then you'd get towards the end and you could feel the heaviness. How many yabbies? And the weight on the, Well, sometimes you'd have half a dozen. Oh, bullshit. Oh, yeah, Gary. Half a dozen. You're going to get some feedback about this. No. Because there will have been people listening to this that would have applied you this You know what this is, don't the, you? This is our farming tip for Kubota. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's make the farming Coxie, tip. quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to talk farming for Kubota. For over 40 years, Kubota's been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We already have been talking yeah. farming because we're running a bit low on farming tips if you've got one. <laughs> well, that is our farming tip uh, if you've got a dam on your paddock somewhere, but can I just say, like, I've never heard of a yabbing technique like the one you described today, well, Tim, which that, is labour intensive. Yeah. And if it's you. It's more exciting than yours. No, 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 it's not. No, it it's is. not. No, you and I can go yabbing. I don't have to get wet. Have you got a yabby? Have you got a dam? You got a dam? Yeah, I got a have you got yabbies dam. in your dam? No. H- h- how do you know? Well, I don't. Right. Well, I, don't, I haven't put any in. Because they you, can walk into your dam. I know, you told me that two years ago. You reckon they walk from another dam across the paddock into the dam. Some of them do, but the other part, the reason they get there too is that birds sometimes drop <laughs> eggs and stuff like that into your dam. I, I and, don't believe that. No well, way. anyway. Um, anyway, what, what my, have you been up to? <laughs> my yabby technique is at least I know when I'm going into the hole with the meat that I'm actually, there's a fair chance that the hole's been dug by a yabby. 
You're just going blind in no, the, no, no. the dam. No, we always knew there, there were yabby dams. We would go from property to property. You'd make sure that you called the farmer and you said, look, you don't mind if we drop into your dam? And said, no, no problem at all. There's always going to be yabbies there. Just and some it. of them were the size, I kid you not, some of them were like this dark, dark green, almost blue color and the size of beer bottles because we used to put them to sleep. You know how to put a yabby to sleep? Sing to it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you fold them over and then their tail. And we used to do this all the time on the dam bank. And that used to, sometimes we wouldn't even put them in the wheat sack because we'd just have the, a, pile oh, yeah, of, raw. a pile of yabbies that had gone to sleep. You could hear them snoring. <laughs> you just stroke oh, their no. back oh, no. with sure your fingers. <laughs> do you ever swim in the channel back in um, well, we didn't have channels. No, we didn't have channels. You didn't have any channels. No, well, there, no, there wasn't. Well, like, yeah, it's okay. not an irrigating system right. like you had up. Yeah, where so you we, had, we had we uh, had channels, so irrigated ir- for irrigation and big channels. That's where we used to swim. Right, just to go to the Kai Pool, and then in, well, the cool kids would go to the channel. Be a bit murky. Well, you you generally try to find a channel that was flowing and had good flow. Oh, okay, because if it was still, you get a you get a leech, and the leech would oh. get a hold of your whispers, yeah. and no good. <laughs> Away you go. <laughs> you have to burn them off, don't you? I've never had a leech. Um, yeah, you, like, you like you can pull them, but they well, they, they take latch a on. Of your skin, they they latch on. Yeah. Did you have a nasty incident? I never no, but one of my mates did. Right. Yeah. He left it on for five. <laughs> <laughs> it's still on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, swimming in the in the drop bar. You know the drop bar is. No, I don't. That's where the water comes up at one level and then drops down to another level. And right. I, I guess the farmers, you can, you can um, regulate flow. Right. Out of my depth a bit here because yep. I'm not a, I don't irrigate. But that's where, that's where you, if, you, if you go to the droppy, right. that's where you used to hang out. Was that, were you, you one of the cool kids or the other Eventually. Kids? Right. I was slow. I was slow. I was, I, was, I was very keen on the pool because I could see the bottom and what was in the water. <laughs> not that keen on the channel <laughs> with the tiger snakes. Have but, you ever hand milked a cow? Yes. Yep. What's that got to do with it? I'm just thinking of things that uh, apply to farming. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so that's the farming tip. Um, Good tip. Give us some feedback on the way (laughs) that you used to yabby. Yeah. um, Whether you went with Tim's technique, which was basically throw some hay bale and hope that one chokes itself, or my technique, which is going into the yabby hole. I think a lot more people, if you don't mind me, a lot more people will be au okay with the technique that I've described. Well, anyway, we got onto that because yeah. we, we, uh, we forgot Yabby McAuliffe. We forgot Yabby's mentioned for the footy team last week. So yes. there you go, Yab. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, you've just come from interviewing um, MLA. Busy day. Yeah. Busy, busy Who did day you interview? today. Darcy Moore. Mm. Your technique, which technique did you apply today to the interview? I think the familiar um, sort of uh, good mates with your old man style, build the rapport. I played footy with his dad. Pete, yeah, of course you did. I think, in all seriousness, I think he's the most impressive, one of the most impressive footballers I've ever had the pleasure of sitting down and having a chat with. Because? Well, you and I have both interviewed him as well, and we've said this to each other. He's he's different. He's deep. He thinks. He's articulate. I said, what did I say to him? Oh, no, I was talking to him. I don't want to give it all away. No, don't. But I talked to him about his Anzac Day speech. I said, was that, you know, is that something you thought about a lot? Mm. And he said, oh, no, you know, we get educated a lot as a group. And he said, and then I read a paper on you know, the impact that um, the suicide rate of returned servicemen, like, 
You just read a paper on it. Yeah, and then post-game. Not many footballers would do that. No, but then post-game he was able to recall all that and then articulate in a way that uh, was universally applauded too. So, um, did you ask him any of the questions that uh, I wrote down for you or not? What was your best one? Was that, I well, that was think, one of them. I don't think any of yours made it. No, well, that was did. one of them. What? About the speech. The speech. Oh, they, they, I don't had. think you did. Everyone had Well, you that. asked me, oh, whisper, you've got some questions for me for Darcy Moore. <laughs> I did. I gave you that one and you, oh, were, writing, you were writing furiously no, after I, I said. <laughs> no, I didn't. Were. I had yes, that one. Were. What about some of the other ones I asked? Um, I asked the one that Brooke asked, it said to ask mm-hmm. about playing at the MCG against Melbourne in the first final. Right. No problem. He said, who's, who's got a problem with that? He said, we mm. love it. Of course. Um, embrace it. They play there every week. Why would they? Yeah. But no, it was more Did about you... the fact that Melbourne play there as well. And as a top base team, they don't get a home ground advantage. But big fizz. Did you, pri- did you probe his private life? Because I saw in the paper the other day, he's got a girlfriend. No. I think she's a rapper or a DJ or- Is she? Yeah. I, don't, I don't read the social pages. You didn't ask like, that? You don't pour over them. I don't pour over the social pages like you do. <laughs> you pour over them and hope, <laughs> hope that you're going to mention. That's what you do. Well, I want to ask you to, to that because I we will talk- Anyway, about, he's a great man. He he's is. A, I, like and I, don't, a I say that sincerely. And you know what he is? He's- mm. All the stereotypes, you know, footy stereotypes. You can go through every team, there's a stereotype. And there's a you know, stereotype about Collingwood, no teeth, you know. Yep. The, 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 he's bucking that stereotype, I'll tell you. He's the most intelligent footy in the footy player in the comp, probably. What's he doing outside of Uni, footy? Uni. goes to Melbourne Uni. What's he studying? Politics. Is he really? Yeah. Does he want to be a politician or is he just no, interested in politics? But he, he said, that's the place I go to get away from everything, because yeah. no one cares who he is in, that, mm. in the world of academia. So he goes there and, you know, immerses himself in that. And I asked him about the referendum. No, I didn't. I said, I said, who in the Collingwood Footy Club rooms, when you're sitting down there and you want to have a chat about the referendum mm. or something, you turn around and who do you who do you turn to? And he took a while to get to <laughs> Did he find anyone in the <laughs> well, room? Well, he ended up coming up with Taylor Adams. So. <laughs> I said, what about Braden Maynard? Yeah, oh, no, I don't think he's that <laughs> interested in the referendum. Well, he's got other interests, hasn't he? Yes. That's not to say that he's not intelligent. He just has other interests. Um, did uh, one, other, one other question I was going to ask you about uh, him, but I can't remember. But, so I'll, get, I'll move on to this topic because I was looking – while I was waiting for you and you've kept me waiting – two minutes late. For two hours I've been two sitting here waiting. I was. I was looking at um, my phone and up on my feed came a news alert about Margot Robbie. Oh. So Margot Robbie has been photographed in her bathers on holidays uh, with her husband on a romantic holiday, as it was described in Greece, with Tom, right? Mm-hmm. So – my question to you is this, because I know that you get papped a lot. No, I don't. You do. I don't get papped. Even so do, I've been papped. Do you make sure that your holiday destinations are swept before you arrive to make sure there's no pap with the long range lens? I tell you, I got papped once. Like, apart from the stupid photos that they take of you at a social event, yeah. I got papped once in High Street, Armadale, just walking down the street with Nikki. Like at that time when, for whatever reason, people mm. thought that was interesting. Not a good feeling, Tim, when you turn up in the paper and you're just in your trackies and you haven't you haven't doled yourself you up. You haven't had time to. Yeah. No, I need, I need what a, were you wearing? I need a heads up from the paps. What were you wearing? So I could get into my best gear. <laughs> oh, no, that's not the only time because stupid. you and I 
came out of uh, SEN at the old building one morning yeah. and there was a bloke hiding behind a tree with a long lens camera. That's right. So, so that was another time. Yeah, what, what an existence that is for those people. So do you worry now when you go on holiday? <laughs> Did you worry at all when we're up in Byron Bay on our holiday together last year? Were you worried about you being I pap then? I rang the paps. <laughs> I said, listen, this is where I'm going to be. Can you come and get a photo? And they said, who are you going with? I said, oh, the wisp will be there. They said, oh, no interest. <laughs> no interest at all. I'm glad you mentioned that because I would love to be papped. I would love to hop out of my car one day and see somebody there wanting to take a photograph of me. Oh, do, do you think? Okay, you know what I do? Let's go about that. I just give them the middle finger because I know that's the one they'd publish. Yeah, uh, that's right. In the world, oh, no, I don't want to get into this. You know that they actually ring the, the people who want to be papped. Like, I could mm. not think of anything worse. Mm. And it's, it's, it is, it's, it's intrusive and it's, it just makes you feel grimy, you know, when you get immersed. There are people who ring the paparazzi. You know that, don't you? Celebrities that do. Yeah. Yeah, I know that because I had this conversation with somebody the other day about an international cricketer that they believe had done just that in New York because that's the only way that a member of the paparazzi could possibly have turned up and taken a <laughs> photograph of him. Yeah, anyway, if Why that's the they, world you live well, in. Well, if that's the world you live in, though, you're obviously looking for some publicity. Yeah. What better way to do it? Hey, can I, I want to throw another question out there because you asked me to sit here and wait for you, oh, but was, to come up with some topics. So that's what I've got, right? Did you go for a walk? I've done all the work. Okay, no, did, it was still running outside. Just so everyone knows, we're off air at nine. Mm. I did, we have a post-show meeting where we forensically go through our show. Mm. Takes all of 40 seconds. Yeah. And then you said, well, because I wouldn't be back for another hour. You said, I'll go for a walk. And then I looked outside and it was hosing down. Yeah. So what'd you do? I went and had some breakfast. So I had some googie eggs and oh, some bacon. Well, what are you worried about? Well, I'm not worried about anything because while I was sitting there, I was just writing down ideas oh, and no. things that we might be able to talk okay. about. And you've got no idea what's on my two sheets of paper no, here. Okay. I mean, so I just want to throw the, this off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Has a sport, is there a sport in the world that benefited more from COVID than Formula One driving? No, if you're saying, if you're alluding to the documentary that was made. That's exactly what I'm alluding to, Drive to Survive. Yeah. Because during that time when we're all locked down and there hadn't been a lot of things to watch, there was nothing new being made, and that series was then launched on Netflix. Mm. It's amazing how many people around the world then became interested in F1 driving as a result of that. I did. Extraordinary. You, did you watch it? I have only watched one episode of it. Did you one, get interested? One, not particularly. Well, why did it have such an impact? Because, according to somebody, the the, the, the drivers and this is there's a there's this surge of female interest now in Formula One because they say the F one drivers are like hot, mo- yeah, movie stars behind a steering wheel is the way that I've had them described to me by who? By somebody I listened to on a podcast. <laughs> And he sits on the podcast with a female uh, co-host, and she is right into F1 as a result of having watched this series. And you look at, like this year's Grand Prix, tickets went on sale yesterday, sold out in a flash. I know. Wasn't the case before COVID. No, that's right. And we've got a a female member of our family who is the epitome of what you're talking about. And got interested because of the series? Fanatical now. Yeah. Like absolutely fanatical. Because it's a sport that needs explanation to and describing, doesn't it? I went to the Grand Prix this year. Okay, let's get back to you then. No, well, you're going to ask me why is it entertaining. (laughs) I I, I, I know you're a driver. 
I know. Uh, I know you. I know that's you. not why I brought it up. <laughs> I know you finished on the podium no, in the celebrity no, race. No, that's for another show. Okay. But yeah, I, th- I thought you were going to say what makes it interesting. I went to the Grand Okay, Prix what makes year. it interesting? Oh, I didn't get that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that interested. Maybe you and I should go back and actually watch the series. I haven't though. watched it. Oh, you haven't watched? You haven't watched one? Not one second. Oh no, it's, unbe- and it's It's unbelievable, and the access. Well, it's not that unbelievable because you watched one episode. You said. Yeah, no. Th- well, that was unbelievable. But my attention goes to other things, right? And I'm not wholly and solely invested in that. But I watched one, and I, I don't even know why why I didn't watch more because I was completely engrossed engrossed in that when I was watching it. But it takes you. You know, like into the sport, into the personalities, yeah. into the vehicles and the understanding of the, the work. That ta- yeah, all of that. See? All of that. Is that the best you came up with on your book? No, I'm just- I was <laughs> While just you gonna, sat there having breakfast. No, it's not. It's just one of the things. The other thing I was thinking about, I don't know why- why was I thinking about Gene Simmons from Kiss? What were we doing this morning? Because oh, I asked you, have they been booked to play at the grand final? Oh, have they? Well, I asked you. And did I know the answer? No. Right. No, no announcement. Coxie, have they or not? No announcement, but strong suggestion. We've both we've both met Gene Simmons, though, haven't we? On more than one occasion, yeah. I've only met him on one occasion. Where did you Big meet him? Big bloke. Where did you meet him? I met him oh, in- You made this up. No, I haven't. I met him in the green room at Channel 7 when they were doing the benefit concert for Bali after the Bali bombing. And mm. he must have been out here. Either he was out here- on a personal crusade, or is that here with Kiss? I don't think. I, I think you were there at Channel Seven while he was there. Did you actually meet him? I met him. Did you talk to him? I spoke to him briefly. <laughs> he was more interested in Deltra Goodrum than he was me, though. Deltra. <laughs> what, what about I, his sister I saw, Delta? I know her name's Delta, but I know somebody that okay. got it wrong and called her Delta once, okay. right? Yep. With Delta, who would have been probably. Youngish, you know, maybe 18, 19 at, at the time. But this is the good thing. She had a chaperone oh, good. who was Mrs. Goodrum. I'm glad. And she had to move in because she thought that Mr. Kiss was about to maybe launch into a kiss. <laughs> That's what I remember you know, about that story. occasion. Delta Goodrum's mum left me a note in my letterbox one day. There's a story out of left field. And the note said? I can't remember the actual time. Yes, you can. No, I can't. I don't know what it was about. I can't remember. It must have been at the end maybe of my footy career. I don't know. But there was Hang a- on, hang on. Delta's mum <laughs> left a handwritten note <laughs> yes. in your letterbox. <laughs> no. I'm oh, calling BS Why on would this. I make that up? Well, they don't live in Melbourne for a start. Why yeah, would she yes, have I been in- Oh, they did, did they? Well, I don't know. I did thought they? she's from Sydney. Hand on heart. She flew down- no, well, I don't know. Hired a car. I don't know where she drove, lived. Found out where you lived and put a handwritten note in your letterbox that you read and now you can't remember what was in the letter. Yes. I'm calling BS on <laughs> no, this. No, you're not calling <laughs> BS on This it. is the greatest That lady. is 100% true. Oh, there's no way known you can't remember then what was contained in the note. Was she a Melbourne fan? We might have to ring her. I don't... <laughs> I, I want to... I don't. I don't say that. I don't tell that story lightly, Tim. I know, and you're not one for major exaggeration. Why would I make that up? I know, but I can't. Why would I fo- she have written me a letter? I find then? it hard to believe, though, that you can remember the letter, but you can't remember what yeah. the note or letter. Well, now contained. it's going to eat away at me. Why would Why would Mrs. Goodrum have written me a letter? Was she infatuated with me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't know. We're going to have to get to the bottom of this. 
Did she want you, you know, to hook up with Delta? No. You know, I haven't thought about that for probably 15 or 20 years. Right. And now I don't know. So I don't know the reason. Was she a fan? I'm just trying to. I'm fa- fa- I don't know. Him. Was Tim. she a fan of the Specky McGee series? Possibly. I think Delta had a young son. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Delta had a yep, younger young brother. brother yep. Maybe it was the Specky. Maybe she wanted a Specky McGee. Maybe. Can you find it? I'll get to the bottom. Did you keep the <laughs> oh, no, no, I don't Did you keep the I don't letter? know. <laughs> I don't know. That's an extraordinary I don't admission know. from you. It is an extraordinary admission. <laughs> that's what the rabbit hole is all about, it though. Is. Isn't that's it is. A, that's a rabbit hole I hadn't darted down for a long, long time. <laughs> so well, let's try and get to the bottom of that if we can. Let's see if we can ring Mrs. Not now, for next week's show, and just confirm that she wrote me a letter, and, and I'd like to know what it was about. Oh, there what? you go. What have you got there? Well, I've just been. I've just your re- phone. I've just received a um, a photograph of somebody that I know who's overseas at the moment, and he's with somebody very, very famous. And he tried to call me, and we could have spoken maybe to that guy and the oh. famous bloke at the same well, time. Wait, let's do it. He's a lord too. All right, let's just put pause. Pause the show for a minute, Brooks uh, Coxie, <laughs> and I was, let's see if we can explore this. You're listening to the Rabbit Hole for Tire Power. Get your free five-minute tyre safety check. Oh, flat now. We stopped the whole podcast, rang up Danny Corcoran and said, have you got old mate with you? And Danny goes, no. And you said, oh, well, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> well, Danny's in Budapest for the World Athletic Championships yeah. and he sent a photo through of him and uh, Lord Sebastian Coe. And I thought that I've met him before. I've interviewed him before, so well, he like, would. Did rem- he write you a letter? He would remember that. <laughs> he wrote you a he letter. He wrote me a personal note. I'll bring that in next week. I can remember I'll the content. I'll, I'll let everyone like into the, how the conversation went. <laughs> okay, uh, Dan, now Danny Corcoran, who was at Melbourne, and I knew, I knew well as well. He goes, "G'day, Timbo," and Tim goes. Uh, are you still with uh, Lord Sebastian Coe? <laughs> Danny started laughing. He said, no, that was last night. And Tim said, oh, I'll bug you. I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> we were hoping to talk to him. I'm getting a lot of calls coming through. Anyway, we'll get back to those at some other stuff. Have you got a topic? Because you've been no, a little bit skinny with stuff today. Well, And I've got to get going soon because I've got uh, a big rehearsal of our new little or tiny show, as you like to call it. Because you're doing a new football show. Yes, we are. And um, do you want to play? Do, I, I thought we might play a little bit of to- of the other show that it no, not yet. is modelled on, no? Because I wanted to tell you about my, my, my meeting with Kiss. Oh, yes. With Gene right, Simmons. Sorry, yes. Go back to that. Two meetings. Yeah. Unlike you who walked past his change room and pretended that you'd spoken to him, he came on the footy show twice mm. and he came on once and said, I'll come on the footy show and do whatever. But at the end of your show, you've got to record a segment for his show back in America. He, had a rea- he must have had a reality um, yeah, he did. yeah, he did. Yeah. And he said, and he said to the director or producer, he said, and you've got to pretend that I've just bought the Carlton Football Club. Right. <laughs> what about this for a bizarre setup, right? Right. So we do the footy show, finishes at 11 o'clock or whatever. Everyone, yeah, you know, I know, I think the audience stayed. Right. And then me and, must be me and Jim had to go, well, welcome back to the footy show. And I'll tell you what, in a big, big, big story here, Gene Simmons of Kiss has bought the Carlton Footy Club. <laughs> He walks in, sits down. Yeah, that's right, I have. He's American. Yeah, that's right, I have. <laughs> anyway, I don't know how that went. It went onto his show in America. He had a reality TV show. Yeah. Mm. And he pretended that he bought right. a Carlton Footy Club. And then we did him on the grand final footy show because they were Same on- year? 
No, no, different year. Okay. He played. They played. You know, in, in their all their finery, and we went back on the stage. I left most of the music to Jim because mm. I, I didn't know anyone, but I knew Kiss, and he he, he grabbed me and hugged me and licked me from one end of my ear to the right along my cheek. Is that why you've never washed that side of your this face? This is my claim to fame. That's my greatest. He gave you a lick. experience with a musical <laughs> icon was a massive <laughs> from Gene Simmons. Maybe that's. Maybe that's why Mrs. Goodrum wrote that note for you. Maybe she wanted Delta on the grand final footy show. It was a personal note to you about that. Okay. I know you don't believe me. I know. I do believe you. It was a bizarre thing to say, but it occurred to me when you talked about Delta Goodrum that Mrs. Goodrum- No, I do believe you because in all all honesty, hand on heart, I've never known you to tell a lie. No, that's right. Thank you very much. Ever. Ever. So we'll try and get to the bottom of that. Um, What other topics did I have? (laughs) Yes. I haven't done any homework. You got anything? No. Damien Oliver just retired. Yep. Good. A a nice jockey. A very, very nice jockey with a very solid seat. Yep. Um, He would be that media puzzle when he won the gold, Mm. uh, the gold, the Melbourne Cup. On media puzzle, days after his brother was tragically killed in a a race fall, Mm. it goes down in your top. We top ten for the for the century for emotion is, is and the story it was just an unbelievable wasn't it? thing, wasn't it? You couldn't a a when his brother died. It's over in Perth. You just thought, you know how tragic and sad, and you know that rip your heart out and they were close. And then you thought, oh, well, you won't be able to ride in the cup because mm-hmm. emotionally you wouldn't be there. But then he said that his brother would have wanted him to ride, and you thought, how's he going to do this? And then as the road, you know the. The race unfolded, and you're looking at me, and you go, "Surely couldn't, could you?" And he and he wins the Melbourne Cup three mm. or four days after his his brother died. So, fifty one years of age, still to be riding and still being a jockey and doing that because it is one of the more ja- dangerous sports in the world. It that is extraordinary, isn't it? Yep. No, it is. It's, and all those years of yeah, you know, like fasting and getting up early in the morning and going about your work and being professional and. That's that's a hell of a hell of a long time. He would have started probably at fourteen years of age, maybe fifteen years of age. Yeah, yep. They all started a um, a young age. Talk about competitive stamina. Yep, he's an absolute beauty. So he'll have one of the great spring carnivals. Um, hopefully, he adds to his tally of I think it was one hundred and twenty eight Group One wins, three Melbourne Cups, four Caulfield Cups, two Cox Plates, two hundred fifty six million in prize money. Of which the jockey, do you know how much a jockey gets? For winning a race? Five uh, percent? Yeah. Yeah. So five percent and then if there's a bit of a sling out the back. What's that? A sling. You a sling. You know what a sling is? Yep. Yep. So the owners maybe or who maybe have backed the horse and won right. a whole heap of money. Then Is they, that you know, expected? That's a good question. That I think back in the day, very much so. I think it was. I mean, you talk to some of those old jockeys, the Greg Halls of the world. Mm. They'll tell you some great stories about those good slingers and those that weren't. I don't know if it still happens. I assume you had a great horse there at one stage, didn't you? No, with Simon <laughs> O'Donnell. Is that right? <laughs> yes, we did. I could tell that story. <laughs> Why couldn't you? Is it a long story? Because I've got to get going in a minute. <laughs> where you got to go? I've, you know where I've got to go. Oh, no, you know, I've got the tiny. I've got a rehearsal for the tiny show. And we did. Uh, so we had a horse called Saturday Sport. Some people may have heard this story. With Simon O'Donnell, went and bought it for the late David Hooks, myself, Jared Healy, 
because we were doing a show over yeah. at AW called Sports Saturday, and so they called it Saturday Sports. So he goes and buys it. Oh, Crawford Fatty. Fatty Vorton. Oh, Fatty Vorton was in it. Fatty Vorton was in it. And it was an expensive horse, of which we had half of it, and it trained up and trained up and huge potential. This is actually this is a hundred percent true. He said, "Right, it's on. The race is on. It's in rain. I can't remember where it was. Maybe Bendigo or something." He said, "Get on, Simon." He wanted you to ride it. The great Simon O'Donnell, the man who's on this station, said, "Get on, right, B- back it." And I'm training. I'm a, I'm a training from uh, the demons. So I left and flew to the TAB because there was no phones. You know, mm. there was no you know. Got into the TAB in Ashburton, it was, and I had what for me would have been a big bet of $100 or whatever. You see sheets in there. <laughs> no. And I'm watching, right? So I'm sitting there trying to not draw any attention to myself, and the horses are in the, the warm-up wall, uh, warm-up ring, and it goes, the bug goes, oh, and here's uh, Saturday Sport. It's a very well-bred, expensive uh, horse. It's got some you know, well-known owners in it, and Simon O'Donnell and um, David Hooks and Jared Hilly and Gary Lyon and Fatty Vorton, and it's been heavily backed. And um, oh, here's the jockey. Uh, they leg the jockey up, and oh, my God, it just laid down. <laughs> you reckon I'm joking, too? The jockey, Tim, gets on its back, and the horse went... Was he too heavy? And they go, the bloke goes, I don't know what's going on here. The jockey jumps off and the horse, whoosh, back up on its feet. Right? And I'm looking at, I'm watching the TV, I'm going, what's going on here? So anyway, they go, oh, maybe, you know, he got spooked by uh, something. And he said, uh, this uh, big, this strapping big here horse, uh, the famous owners, uh, they'll be hoping that that's not a problem. That you know, oh, here's the jockey. They got to get the jockey back up and, uh, oh, they lift him up and, Oh, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it laid on its side again. <laughs> Simon O'Donnell is there, right? He's at the race. Is he? He's there, you know, to put money on right. whatever, and he's watching it. And on the second time, he, he reckons he just slinked off into the crowd, <laughs> got in his car and drove home. That was the last time it raced. Did it run? Psychological problem. <laughs> the jockey, it couldn't handle the jockey on its back, Tim. It would have run for Jamie Carr. It's a small issue. Not, <laughs> I had that horse go you, you put a lot of money into. Oh, we had a small issue. What was it? It didn't like the jockey on its back. It didn't want to run. So every time they put the jockey on it, just went lay down on its side. <laughs> so you never got involved again? No, I never got involved again. But oh, I'll, that's disappointing. I will. Father's Day Sunday, you got that sorted? Yep, everything's sorted. Got Alan sorted? He's, he's, oh, no, I've got myself sorted for my kids because they want to obviously have a big celebration. <laughs> it's not for you to sort yourself out. Well, I'm keep, I keep getting texts for them. Are you having lunch? I'm not quite sure yet. It's sort of like uh, it's gone from, you know, like a brunch to a lunch to an afternoon soiree to, to dinner. We're struggling with numbers, I think. We got uh, grand final on Sunday morning with the two boys, so um, oh, wow. I doubt whether they're going to be in any fit shape to take me out for lunch or dinner. No, but will you have them over? When's the grand final? Saturday. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. You should have them over to your place for breakfast. Some a nice steak, some lamb's fry. I said that to some them. sausages, maybe some eggs. I said you got to carbo. You got to get yourself up because it's a bit earlier than normal mm. because it's, there's three grand finals in the day, and they said, well. No, nah, I'll have a, yeah, what do you say? A coffee and a, um, a chocolate muffin. <laughs> Fair enough. So I don't think I'll be getting a lunch because if they win, then you won't see them for um, 
Love nor money. No, but uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers yeah. out there. Have a great one. Have a have great, a great, great have a great day with your family. That's what, what it's all about. What would be the best way to celebrate? If I, I think the Chinese, the local Chinese shop. Um, you love your, what, what is it? You a love? chicken sweet corn. <laughs> You'd be careful again. What's the other thing that you like? Banana fritter I like. <laughs> Beef black bean. Oh, you normally say the other thing. Oh, essential bar. Yeah. Yeah, I love essential You love essential bar, don't you? So that'd be a nice way to spend your... And how do you, how do you, how do you like the chicken prepared? No, I'm not doing that, Tim. All you do is spend your time. I told the Indian story. I had a lot of feedback and you just wanted me to do the accent. I told you you're not allowed to do it these days. That's true. But the good news is I've signed right. three West Indian tours for the summer. Is that right? Yes. Joel, when are they coming out? Joel Garner must have heard the, the podcast. Right. He's got a group that are coming down. Michael Holding? No, he's not involved. No. If, he, if he arrives, how will you hear him coming through the trees? Whispering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Let's dear. go because uh, I've got to uh, get home and get dressed and have a shower and then um, get to our uh, uh, thingo. All right, well, let's go. I hope you've had it. Uh, wonderful. Is there anything else we've got to take? No, there's nothing. I'll go. Hang go on. on. What about the Cobra Mistake cooking? Oh, yes. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Well, I'm glad. But don't you worry, because Brent listens to this religiously. So if you forgot that, it was going to be a lot of trouble. Well, you were talking about a recipe that you put together this oh, week I did. with a lot of. Uh, well, no, Nikki, Nikki did. did. Nikki did with the Cobra Mestate olive oil. All those little potatoes. Yeah. What are they called? You chap? said the chaps. Chat. Chats. Or chap. Chats. Halve them. Chat, chat, chaps. Parboil them, halve them, put them on a tray, drizzle the cobra mistake over them. Do you give them a bit little of bit paprika? of paprika? Do you, when you parboil them, though, do you soften them and then give them a little bit of a squash? No. Why? You get a much you, better crunch yeah, if you well, do that. Well, it's not a roast potato. These are, it's not supposed to be a roast potato. You do that for your roast potato. You don't want to crunch on them. Then you get some edges. Right. This has got a little paprika and a sprinkle of parmesan on a tray, and then you get some butter, you melt the butter, and then you brush them over the top. Beautiful. I love the sound of it. But Drizzle, it's the- it, Cobra Estate drizzling the, is the absolute- That's the secret, yeah. Sales are going nuts. It's been a good year for the olive growing industry up there. Has you it? You know I went up there and had a look. I know. Are we going up there at some stage? Well, I am. I don't want to fly. We'll have to drive. Oh, we'll. Which would be great. We I'll could do be the, flying. We'll do the podcast in the car on the way up. <laughs> we won't. You can drive up. We will be going up there. But uh, I tell you what, it's the premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Tickety-boo. Can't miss. Couple of little quick fire podcasts, quick fire rabbit holes before we say farewell. The basketball world cup. Are you get have you got as immersed in the basketball world cup as you have the Matildas? No, and there's a very good reason for that Why? because of the time difference and all that sort of stuff. It hasn't necessarily coincided with my viewing habits, so no, I haven't. But I've been watching it online and I'm following it from afar. So I know we're beating Japan and uh, we are through to the next round. We've got to play. Donk. Yeah, we've got to play the Donk, uh, Luka Doncic, who's probably in the top three players in the world. Will we beat, is that Slovenia? Yes. Will we beat them? Um, with an ounce of luck. I'm not sure that we're playing our absolute best at the moment, but I'm a big, big fan of Gorge. And if anyone can get this team up and get them to the next level of play, it is Brian Gorge. Build up to the AFL final series. We've got AFLW starts on Friday, but the weekend off from the men's point of view. And then bang, next bang. Thursday, MCG, Melbourne and Collingwood. What a way to start this final series. That is unbelievable way. Already tickets are all sold, sold out. out. Yep. Yep. So you won't get a seat at that game. So it'll be a maximum crowd there. Both teams know the MCG like the back of their hand. Carlton Still Sydney, some intrigue. following week, and following I'm, night. I haven't finished with the other game yet. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, what's the what's on the following night? Carlton and Sydney. That's a big clash too. Yeah, that is big. I, I I got you know I'm not I'm not worried about Carlton, but just that big deep breath, and then it wasn't a great second half performance against the Giants either. So do you know the Sunday on Fox just gone mm. was one of the biggest rating days and games of all time. I'm not surprised because you you were there, weren't you? You were doing the hosting. No. Is that why? Is that what you're getting to? No. What I'm getting to is there was no overlap. So you saw the first game mm. in its entirety, yeah. then there was a break. You saw the second game in its entirety, then there was a break, and then there, that Carlton Giants game was one of the biggest, highest rating games of all time. Yeah. That, no, and I enjoyed that game too. And um it would be remiss of us if we didn't mention Buddy's farewell oh. and the way that that was orchestrated at halftime. I thought that was just a beautiful full stop to his career. Yeah, I'm glad he did it. I, th- I don't think he was that keen to do it initially, but um, he was not talked into it, but it made aware of how emotional and a bigger moment yeah. it would be, so it was great. I think sometimes the players overlook or misunderstand or underestimate what they mean to the fans. Yeah, that right. was not about him. That's that he did that for the fans. That's right, and that's yeah. and that you know, like the the game is for the fans. Yeah, but some you know, like there's I a bubble, it. a little footy bubble that everybody lives in, and you know, sometimes you need to just prick that yeah. and understand Beautiful. what it's all about. Beautifully, you're always about that. I love that. Saturday will be uh, big. There's a that sorry. So Friday is Carlton Sydney Twilight mm. St Kilda and GWS. Hmm. Massive. That's big. They're all big. Yeah. And then into Port Adelaide and Brisbane. So yeah. that's a good final series no, first up, Whisper. It's going to be a great, You like to talk about on the tiny oh. show when it comes around? Yes. Uh, we're on Tuesday night. It's called a soft, <laughs> it's a soft opening. 10.15. It's a softie. <laughs> that's all right. You've got to bet it down. Yeah, you bet it, bet it. No, bet bell, it no, it's not all about bells and whistles and all that sort of stuff. This right. is a hearty, this is like your hearty three shank type meal, this is one. It? Yeah. All right, and that's on when, and that's on Tuesday. That'll be Tuesday, right. the first week, and then she's going to be a. Oh, it's a floating fixture. Well, it's going to be a Wednesday. The, the, it's the, a floating <laughs> time slot. <laughs> the, it's going to be a Wednesday after that. All right, and maybe depending on how it goes, it may or may not be on the third week. We're going to have a very very big podcast <laughs> next week. A little bit of a truncated. I like to call it a truncated version today. Mainly because I was a bit underdone and underprepared. Uh, but um, good, off you go. Yeah, you, good you go. go. Um, it's all been thanks to Tyre Power. Power up sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tyre Power today. This has been The Rabbit Hole with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson for Tyre Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Keeping you safe on the roads, tyrepower.com.au. Tune in to 1116SEN each Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 6 to 9am to hear SEN Breakfast with Gary and Tim.